Rick Jensen. On 1150 AM, 101.7 FM, WDEL. Thousands and thousands of Russian citizens protesting the war as Putin encroaches upon the capital, Kiev, in Ukraine. And Russian citizens want to know what's really happening. They're not going to get that from state TV and state radio broadcasts in Russia. So it just kind of seems to me that... Like, we would watch the Vietnam War on the evening news as, as little kids. And then when Iraq uh, invaded Kuwait and then uh, forces went in to stop Iraq, you could watch that on cable news, right? It was like, I don't know, it was the first live war in uh, your living rooms. And maybe I'm mistaken, maybe there's one I've missed. Now, it seems like this is the first war that you're seeing on social media. So I was reading about this over the weekend. I was wondering, what does this mean to people who live in Russia if all these social media and other Internet services are canceling all Russian usage? And it seems that the only way anti-war Russian citizens can get true information is through Reddit and Twitter and TikTok and things like that. But what you're reading is that they're shutting down all these services in Russia. So I thought if we're going to talk about this and wonder what the real truth is and, you know, how this actually can impact you in learning what's happening there, I would reach out to forensic digital investigator Josh Marpet, the man who used his skills to prove Turkish Prime Minister Recep Erdogan and his son were indeed receiving bribes when no one else, Interpol and nobody else, could figure it out, and he did. And he's a pro, and I think he's a great resource. He's on the phone right now. Josh, thanks for being on, sir. I really appreciate it. Hey, happy to be here always with you, Rick. You know that. Yeah, I know. By the way, Josh is, uh, I guess say, pretty much a Delaware guy. You know, born in Jersey. So, you know, if it's South Jersey, we accept you. And... <laughs> <laughs> born in North Jersey, man. You keep oh, man. You know, we <laughs> just want to accept you. But, you know, North Jersey, that's, yeah, that's, that's just too far. Anyway, uh all that joking aside, so who's canceling and, and what does it mean? This is a complex situation. I mean, and everybody's going to say that. And if you want to see, by the way, uh, there's a great resource. If you want to see the complexity, there's a, a website uh, that does some great stuff about the news and aggregation. It's called LiveUAMap.com, and it's free. I don't have any association with them. I use them a lot. Uh, but LiveUAMap shows you what's going on in various conflict sites around the world and aggregates a lot of news stories. Like, for example, 14 minutes ago, Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, signed an application of Ukraine to EU. So they've, they've now applied to be an EU member. So this is fascinating stuff going on, okay? Uh, but in this case, when you're talking about the social media uh, and, and how they've been canceled in Russia, you'll notice they've not been canceled in Ukraine. What they're doing is in the Ukraine, they're telling people, hey, be careful what you film, make sure that it doesn't show off our troops. Show off Russian troops all you want. They're, Ukraine is actually harvesting social media to find Russian troops. They have their citizens who are, you know, besieged in apartment buildings or whatever, sticking their phone out the window and filming it, uploading it to Facebook and TikTok and everything else. And you can watch. I've been watching TikTok lives. So have I. Russian troops. I was, uh, Josh, I actually replayed some audio of the visual that we see that was coming over TikTok and, and through Reddit, by the way, which is another one of my, yep. my favorite uh, aggregators. Um, and, and you just don't know what really is true, but it's still interesting to see, for example, somebody throwing a Molotov cocktail 
against a uh, a Russian uh, tanker that was going to go refuel tanks. Didn't do any damage at all. Uh, you saw what seems to be a Ukrainian soldier firing an anti-tank missile at a Russian tank and blowing at the smithereens. You see uh, interviews with what's purported to be Ukrainian citizens and or soldiers who are interviewing captured Russian soldiers. And some of the Russians say, we didn't even know we are in Ukraine. We thought we were in Crimea. Others are just very sad, and they're young, and they're crying. And you don't know what's real or what's true. And I've tried to research as much as I possibly can on some of these. Is uh, it, it's okay. yeah, Now, I know that you're an expert at this because you are the digital forensic expert. Right. So... Well, I don't know if there's any tools that regular folks like us can use to determine the veracity of what we're seeing on social media. It's it's tough. It's really tough. I mean, you can you can pull down a video and check the EXIF data. That's the data that that the camera actually attaches to the video when it's when it's filmed, and it says, okay, this is this model of camera. This is if there's a GPS, it'll tell you the GPS coordinates. It'll tell you the time, that kind of thing, and you can check that stuff. But a lot of places facebook strips that data when when it when you upload a video so it's really tough uh, the reason they did that was for domestic violence purposes if you upload a video of, of being abused or, or or talking about how you were abused they don't want your abuser to be able to find you type of thing so they're doing it to protect people and i don't blame them for that. question uh, josh though isn't it possible for someone to format uh that that camera in such a video to display false information false data false gps locations Okay, the false GPS is actually tough because you can spoof the GPS, but that is very, very illegal to spoof GPSs. If you spoof a GPS outside of a very controlled, licensed lab, uh, the FCC comes knocking on your door going, hi, let's talk, and, and you go to jail. Like this is just Even, even on just some random video you take and you post it online, uh, it's illegal, huh? Yeah, the, the reason is, is uh, the same reason why... If you have a, a VoIP service like like the Vonage or one of those, mm -hmm. one of the things they say is we do not check your location for 911, and cell phone jammers are illegal because you could block a 911 call. And if you if you're spoofing GPS and somebody outside your house just barely within your GPS spoofing antenna range calls 911 and they use the the GPS on the phone and all of a sudden they're going why are we three miles in the wrong direction? You just killed someone. So spoofing GPS can, can kill someone because GPS is used in cell phone calls to send 911 and vector 911 units, EMS, fire, police, to where you are. Understood. Now, in a war situation, Ukraine, for example, I don't think many people are going to care about that if they're trying to spoof something. True. And, and you know, disinformation, uh, they're going to spoof it because that's what they want to do. They want to tell you that they're in the middle of this city when in reality they're over there 300 miles or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, is that the Ukrainians are able to tell which one is real because they know the buildings. There was a there was a news story where a, 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 a Ukrainian lady who was a, a newscaster had escaped and she was in, I think, Canada. I don't remember. And uh, so she was a, a Canadian Canada news uh, outlet. Uh, uh, TV station was interviewing her, and she's she, they're showing pictures and videos, and she goes, "That's my building." Oh my god! And she's like, called her mom right then, and her mom messaged me like, couldn't take the phone, but was able to text her back and go, "We're okay. We're in the basement. We're fine." Like she was, it, it, she saw her building on the air right there. So the Ukrainians are able to recognize the landmarks. They're able to recognize the streets, the buildings, etc. They're able to tell what's going on, and so it's absolutely fascinating that Ukraine as a country, has come together in such an underdog, uh, beautiful fashion 
you've got to imagine in, in a lot of senses, and I'm, I'm going to pull this, this string, but it's very much like what happened in the U.S. in the, seven, the late 1700s. They said, nope, I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. Try again. Come, you know, come get some. And uh, Russia's trying to come get some, and they're getting it handed to them. Now, as for the troops that you mentioned earlier, they don't know where they are. You've got to remember that Russian troops are not American troops. Russian troops are mostly drafted. They're kept as dumb as they can keep them. Uh, conscripts, they are kept you know, un, uh, trained for their specific job. They're not given intelligence. They're just told, go down that road and kill everything that moves or take out this building or whatever. They're very, very, very tightly controlled, and they're not, they're not given initiative. They're not given information. They are literally like mushrooms. Keep them in the dark and feed them crap. Uh, sorry, but I mean, that's no, that's, that's fine. Yeah. Thanks for using that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, if you just tuned in, you're listening to forensic digital investigator, Josh Marpep, uh, Marpet, <laughs> Josh Marpet, who uh, has worked uh, with uh, governments, ours and others, as well as uh, large and small uh, businesses. So what social media has has been pulled out? Uh, let's get let's talk more about Russia and the social media has been pulled out. And how do Russian citizens now communicate? So Russian citizens are um, communicating. Uh, I mean, so so the Russian citizens are able to communicate via regular phone calls and things like that. But to get outside the country, it's being very very tightly controlled. It's they're they're locking down and clamping down. So they're able to do things. But you got to remember that in Russia, there's a very long tradition of sort of underground communications channels. Uh, back in the days of, of the Soviet Union and fax machines, they would use fax machines and copiers to create copies of uh, like, like flyers and, and, and zines, little magazines that were created just to you know, promulgate information. Because Pravda, the, the Russian newspaper, Pravda means truth, and it's a mm. joke. Yeah. You say Pravda now, and they know that you're lying. Yes. Okay, that, that's how bad it was. So they have a tradition of underground communication. They have a tradition of, hey, did you see this? Here's a piece of paper. And they, you hand it off, and, and then they make 20 copies of it, and they hand them off, and they make 20 copies of it, and they hand them off. And it was uh, – I'm probably mangling it, but some is done. And it's same as that, you know, and, 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 and that's how I always remember it. And uh, so, so they're communicating via signal. They're communicating via uh, 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 literally just chatting with each other on the streets at the coffee house or the whatever. They're communicating via – uh, unlisted YouTube streams via whatever. And when they cut off the social media, they just go to the next one. And you got to remember, there's not just Facebook and Twitter. There's uh, Meiwei and, and MeWe or whatever it is. There, there's like 15 the, different... The Chinese, uh, yeah, Chinese, uh, yeah. WeChat. And, and there's not even just Chinese. There's people in the U.S. I mean, look, the, the far right who had Parler. Remember Parler? Yes. And uh, it, was a, it was a copy using code of, of, of various different social media platforms. There's probably 20 different copies of Facebook rolling around, none of which have the same you know, viewership or readership. But if you're like, I don't want to use Facebook, I want to use something else, you can find it. There's, there's 20 different copies of Reddit, 20 different and, – and the Reddit source code, by the way, a lot of it's open source. Mm-hmm. You could spin up your own copy of Reddit. So you want a neighborhood copy of Reddit? Go to town. And so maybe there's a, a neighborhood copy of Facebook or Twitter or Reddit, Nextdoor, uh, a Threema, Wire, Signal. Uh, there's a lot of them out there. Yeah, and Signal, guess, uh, you know, that, that's really just for texting. Um, what about TikTok? I mean, oh, TikTok. No, you can do you can do voice and video calls with, with, with uh, Signal. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. So, and, but but it's, it's not like, um, I mean, you think of broadcasting like this program. It's broadcasting. You get in your car, for example, you turn on the radio, and you make your selection. And, uh, and and here you go. When you go online, 
as opposed to uh, you know a push medium like like radio broadcasting or or cable TV, you have to pull it. In other words, you have to know where you're going and then either subscribe to it or maybe there's no subscription, but usually you have to give some sort of identification, email address, first name, whatever. But you have to know it's there. You have to find it, you know? And uh, and TikTok, for example, is omnipresent all around the world, but you still have to, uh, you have to find it. You have to download the app and you have to sign on for that sort of thing. Isn't it a challenge then for people, especially in Russia, who are anti-war and just civilians to find these, uh, you know, whatever sort of social media is still around and living when uh, whatever else they have gets shut down? No, not really, because just as in most places, they gossip. So you go to the coffee shop and somebody will tell you, oh, go here, go here, go there. Um, plus, there's this forums, there's there's mailing lists and forums and and phone trees and all sorts of things that have persisted for decades there. Uh, I will tell you that, you know, look, the anti-war rallies have not had any problems getting people in, even as some of them have had riot police mm-hmm. arresting everybody that moves. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's, there are a lot of people arrested over the last few days. Uh, the anti-war rallies in, in Russia are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. St. Petersburg, Moscow, uh, uh, everywhere, 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 everywhere. Yeah, and you could see this. I'm looking at the liveuamap.com that you recommended. It's stunning. We don't know the names or where the, these towns are, but they're showing actions that are going on where people have uh, blown up a Russian tank, uh, Russians have taken over a town, uh, people have disarmed a missile, rocket launcher, uh, Russian tank, and things like that. And and then we're seeing heroes and zeros. Elon Musk, uh, Ukraine. Uh, one of the Ukrainian ministers said to Elon, uh, the Russia's shutting down our internet. Could you help us out? And in a heartbeat, it's like he says, "There you go." Using the network that he has built as well. Tell us more about uh, that network and uh, how it affects uh, folks in Ukraine. So Starlink is what he's talking about. So yeah, Starlink is a network of satellites in low Earth orbit, which means that they're and he's he's got a lot to go. I think he's got thirteen thousand satellites up now, or 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 that's the goal. I forget. But the, the idea is that no matter where you are, there will be a satellite above you close enough that you can get Internet from it. I have friends in Colorado using it. In the, in the western, northwestern U.S., there's, there's actually quite a few people using it. It's, it's, it's done there. And uh, they get incredible speeds, 150 down and up. The only thing you need is you need a ground station. Uh, so for you, you need a satellite dish. It's, a, I think, a two-foot satellite dish uh, you know, plugged in and powered. And then they need a ground station in your general area. So you're, you're talking something like within 100 miles of you, okay? Uh, and they're putting ground stations all across the world. And they're even developing it, I think, in another six months to a year. They're going to have RV-capable ones. So you'll just be driving around with 150 megabyte download yeah. with low latency. I, I was on a, a video call with a buddy of mine, uh, a, a pyro, and he just – he was great. Like I could – we talked. There was no lag, no latency, no nothing. And he was on his Starlink because he lives off-grid in Colorado. And it, so it was running on, on solar power and with no electrical connection other than his solar and battery. It was a satellite internet connection, and it is very, very fast. And so it was capable of video calling. It's capable of uploading video. And it's uh, 500 bucks for, the, for the, your satellite dish, and it's about 100 bucks a month, I think, here in the U.S., 
for 150 150 which is fast 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 internet yeah so, so but but in ukraine then i guess over. uh josh i guess in ukraine the government could set up such links and then uh all the people could uh, could use that off the links they set up then is that correct not only is that correct but if you think about it in russia when they can start smuggling them across the border yeah there's no way to tell that they're using it and it's unfiltered internet um so now you've got something interesting. So Swift, I mentioned this last week, uh, that if you really want to hurt the Russian uh, economy and hurt Putin, uh, what you do early on is you cut off the the seven percent of our imported oil from Russia. That's seven percent of that that we import from them, and you knock out Swift S W I F T, the Society of Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunications. In other words, this is what um, what banks and other financial institutions use to transfer billions and billions of dollars all over the world every single day. And and finally, it looks like uh, th- that's happening, but it seems to be slow. Uh, help us understand SWIFT. So SWIFT is like interlibrary loan, but for money and banks. SWIFT is the connection that banks have to say, hey, I need to send, you know, a customer of mine needs to send a customer of yours 50 bucks, 100 bucks, a million dollars, whatever. And it's just like interlibrary loan to a certain extent. It's, it's the connection between libraries or banks that aren't part of each other's system, but they need to send money back and forth. And SWIFT really does it for international. Because inside the U.S., for example, we, we just send them a check or a, or a wire transfer or whatever. And SWIFT is that way wire transfers happen. They happen domestically. They happen internationally. SWIFT is how wire transfers happen. Yeah. So now if I need to send $10 million dollars, because I just bought a super tanker worth of oil or whatever the amount of money is, I don't know. Uh, I, and I need to send it to Russia. I go to Swift. I get his, his routing number, his account number, his name. And I say, hey, you know, bank, can you send $10 million transferred from my account to his, this guy's account over in that bank in Russia? And they can do that, no problem. But if you cut them off from that, from that system, from that network, uh, they can't get the money. So they can't sell anything internationally. That's a problem. Yeah, it, and Russia has tried to develop their own system like that, and they really haven't had much success. So uh, in addition well, to that, finally they're they, doing that, they, and it's going to have a serious impact, right? Well, they, they developed a system. I don't, I don't know how successful they've been. I haven't heard that it's been very successful. Right. China developed their own system. Um, a couple of other countries have worked on it, but not, not significantly. But China and Russia absolutely have developed their own systems. They want to do it so that they have their own domestic network, and then they connect up to SWIFT for international. The problem is, of course, is that 90% of the reason for SWIFT is that international reason for those inter-country transfers. I, I want to you know, import-export stuff. And if they don't have access to that, it's going to destroy a lot of their economy. And here's the kicker. The longer that this persists, the longer that there is no access to SWIFT, the, the worst it's going to get, because most of the exports from Russia are the oil and gas exports. Absolutely, if yeah. You don't have access. If, if country X, who is buying from Russia, doesn't have access to that oil, they'll either find another place to get oil from, or they'll set up a, a solar power station or a wind power station or something else, because they need energy. And the minute they set up that solar power station, their need for that oil goes down. Um, set up enough of it. They lose that need. Right. To your point, uh, oil and gas are responsible for more than 60% of Russia's exports, provide more than 30% of the country's gross domestic product. Let's get to, uh, so Elon Musk, Hero, Tim Cook, Apple, Zero. You uh, you, you have a lot of requests from Ukraine saying, please uh, cancel the apps in Russia. 
And I was doing a little research here. Um, the iPhones are actually the third most popular phones in Russia, uh, 15% of the market. Trailing behind Samsung has 34%, and uh, Xiaomi with 26%. However, I'm also reading that uh, oligarchs, wealthy, and highest level of Russian government officials use iPhones. What should uh, Tim Cook be doing, if anything, and why isn't he? So that's a tough one because iPhones, yes, it's a walled garden, and so they could do things like they could break into the iPhone and show all the stuff that the oligarchs are talking about to the, to the FBI or, or, the, or the CIA or whatever. But if they do that, the trust is severed forever. They'll, they'll never be trusted again by anybody in power. They're going to lose, and, and in business too. Oh, so Apple doesn't like my company and wants to buy me? How do I know that they're not listening in? And, and Apple has said we can't. We've built the encryption, so we can't listen in. Okay, so there's there's a very legitimate way to say, sorry, there's nothing we can do. And and that makes sense to me. You, you don't want to do it so that you could ever be accused of listening in, of, of stealing the data, of copying the data, whatever. If you can build it so that you have a zero knowledge system, then you can't ever be accused of it. And that's what Apple has really tried to do. And so they want to like pretend that. like they can't do it so they won't even do it uh, uh, to the Russians or to Putin. And yet we know they can if they if they ever really want to. Um Interesting. Well, there's there's ways that it could be done. Yeah, but yeah. They they've got to they've got to be consistent, and I don't blame them for that. All right. Okay. I I, I really don't. I appreciate that. Uh, we got a roll. We got news coming up, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh, Josh Marpet, forensic digital investigator. Uh, what's the name of your company again? Uh, MJM Growth. MJMGrowth.com, and uh, we do sales and marketing for tech companies. And Rick, thank you so much. Always a pleasure, man. No, we learned so much from you, man. I appreciate that. We'll be back after this.